this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Coming to you live from the Safety FM headquarters in Orlando, Florida, broadcasting live from the Rain Total Body Fuel Studios. This is the Jay Allen Show. This is what we have deemed your show, where we talk about the things that you care about. I am the host of this little lovely endeavor. My name is Jay Allen. Thank you for coming back once again to the Jay Allen Show to take a listen to what we have going on. Hopefully, things are going extremely well on your side of the planet. Over the last few weeks, we've had the pleasure of speaking to different people inside of the safety space in particular. And today we're going to continue down that path as we have the privilege of speaking with Jeffrey Lith. Jeffrey refers to himself as a guide of New View Safety. If his name sounds familiar to you, it's because he is the caretaker of safetydifferently.com. It is my pleasure to welcome Jeffrey to the show. Well, I have to tell you, the new layout on the website is quite fantastic. I love it. Well, thank you. Um, it's a work in progress. Um, once once we made the commitment to, once I made the commitment to taking it over, um, we had some timelines in mind and and wanted to stick to that. But, uh, you know, once once we got into it and the Royal We, uh, <laughs> myself and, and Michelle Beauregard, who's helping me with the, with the web, web architecture and that web development. Um, the ideas just started coming. So I wanted to stick to original timelines and, and get something up pretty around the time we said we would. Um, but the ideas in the hopper are what intrigues me the most. So, um, lots in store for 2020. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it, um, the goal, I think my goal is for the site to be as important for people moving forward as it was for me in 2013 or whenever. Um, but in a, in a more modern way. So how did this whole thing start? How did all of a sudden you decide that you're going to take over the website? How did it get presented to you to move forward and say, okay, Ron Gantz kind of stepping out. We want you to take it over. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was a lot like that. Um, um, so I, you know, when I discovered it, I, I reached out to Daniel right away back in the day and thanked him for it because, uh, you know, metaphorically, I felt like a guy in a, in a lifeboat catching a glimpse of an Island, you know, mm -hmm. um, it just, it just meant the world to me when I discovered that site. So reached out to him initially back in the day, I created the LinkedIn group to support the site, but they were never really connected. Um, and then when Dan passed it off to Ron, um, I just love Ron and his work. And, and that was just seemed like a great fit and was very happy about that. Um, but you know, Ron's got a lot on his plate. So one day he called and said, listen, um, what do you, how do you feel about, about taking it over. And, and, uh, I honestly wasn't, I was a little bit, I normally jump on these things like a, like a puppy dog, but, uh, I was a little bit cautious about this. I actually jokingly said, why what's wrong with it? <laughs> what, 
<laughs> why, what, you know, but, um, I understood his reasons, uh, both for, for wanting to pass it on. And I felt very honored and privileged. And I, you know, once it, once it kind of settled in with me, I, um, I, I carry this, I don't know, honor or burden or something with, with a lot of pride and with a real dedication to service, but it makes, it made sense to me on some level, how I justified it with myself that I've always tried to be a generalist in this space. Um, I've always tried to, uh, seek out information, share information and pass it along, uh, you know, communicate out anything in this space that I, that I came across. Uh, and I've been doing that, uh, you know, since 2012 or 2013. And so this is really an extension of that. That's how I've learned myself over the last bunch of years. It's how it's, it's how this movement has shaped my practice, my consulting practice over these years. And I think it's uh, embodied in, in the website that um, now there's this terrific platform. And it's now it's not just what I can discover and think to pass on or share. I have a far better vehicle for sharing. But, you know, we've got a global community that can post their events and, and send in content and, and uh I was speaking to somebody the other day, you know, and metaphorically we said, I, I, I like it to be a buffet or a banquet that when people come and visit exactly what they walk away back to their tables with will be a slightly different plate than their neighbor. Everybody can come and take greater or lesser proportions of, of a variety of facets or domains or theories as we're calling them on the site. Um, but I think it's important to, to, do the greatest good for the greatest number uh, in this space um, by 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 having a sort of a central hub for these resources. So, so about 2013 is when you said that you discovered this originally. So let's do a little bit of a backtrack before we get to 2013. How did the whole journey start for you? How did you make the discovery of safety and decide that this was something that you wanted to jump into? I'm glad there was a, a clarifying bit after that because I was going to say, well, I was born in 1965. <laughs> um, um, well, I, you know, I fell into safety in 1992 by kind of more or less accidentally going and learning a little bit about first aid for the first time in my life and really loving it. Um, and that, that, that really aligned some things. And I pursued that for a number of years with doing some uh, paramedic work and uh, some lifeguard and ski patrol work. So that, that caring about giving care to people, uh, you know, uh, caring for injuries, caring for the injured. But when I started working with those tickets, that became the safety profession and safety was about prevention. And so in the early days, without really any training or experience in it, um, I was tossed out there and told that, I was going to get to deal with the regulator and I was going to get to try to make the workplace safer. And in those early days, there was, there was a simple, it was a simple dynamic. There was a, a discernible cause and effect relationship between, or at least I felt there was between going out and, and whatever it was, installing guardrails, getting guys tied off, getting guys in PPE back in the day. It was, it felt good. It, there was a real linear connection uh, between what I wanted and what I was doing. And so as my career evolved over the next 20 years, I think it went from simple to use the Kinefin framework. Um, it went from simple to, to complicated. And we had, we had 
24 odd um, very large construction projects around the Pacific Northwest. And we had, I don't know, 4,000 to 5,000 construction workers out there at any one time um, building high rises in various, uh, mostly contractors, almost all contractors. But the, you know, what we were doing became very complicated. I was managing in all the required ways. I was members of all the national safety clubs. I was, um, had my, my national, whatever designations, but I suffered a real dissonance that where did that, where did that ethic of caring go? Where did the, my ability to trace the positive effect I was having go? Um, and so I went through a bit of a, a real change in 2012. And then there was a few accidents. There was a couple of fatal accidents very close to home. We had a couple of uh, a sawmill uh, uh, explosions here in this province. So a lot was happening around that time that just really encouraged this thinking. So in 2012, I made the, I just stepped out of my corporate safety role and, and stepped away from, you know, that's that conventional school of thought of the clubs and associations. And all I really knew to do at the time was to take some of the leadership, uh, ideas, um, our, our, senior management was involved in a leadership development process in the company. And we were talking about some really great leadership concepts and we were talking about them in a very open and, 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 uh, just, just discussing them and hashing them over and combining and contrasting. And it was just a really dynamic discussion. So I thought, you know, us suits in the boardroom don't, well, I mean, we could use that discussion, but where that discussion would really be beneficial was out in the front lines, out where we've got leaders. Uh, I now know to, to describe it as we have leaders out there working in work as, as actually done. We've got frontline leaders out there dealing with the realities of our people and our systems of work in a, in a constantly changing environment. And, you know, construction's a weird industry or a great industry to to have these thoughts in because it's so variable and so dynamic and so constantly changing. Um, and I ascribe to the John Cotter kind of school of thought that says the real, the purpose of leadership is to, is to manage change, you know, to deal with change. So it took, took leadership development out to the front lines and, and really dove into that, that first year. And it was at the end of that first year I discovered, I'm, and I'm not sure it was the website, it was the Eurocontrol paper on uh, From Safety 1 to Safety 2, I remember as being huge. Um, one of the first pieces I saw on the website was Daniel Hummerdahl's piece where he talked about moving safety from a, a, a deficit kind of mindset to a, to a possibilities mindset, something that could be more generative. This is The Jay Allen Show. Have you learned about a human and organizational performance and you wanted more? Well, now is your chance. Fisher Improvement Technologies is conducting an advanced HOP practitioner workshop. Now is your opportunity to learn these advanced hop techniques in this two-day workshop that is designed to give leaders the ability to understand and manage integrations of advanced error reduction in organizations, also known as ARO. Participants are provided with multiple experimental learning opportunities to ensure they can use the information in their day-to-day interaction. For more information, go to AeroHP.com. That is A-E-R-O-H-P. Dot com. 
And we're back with Jeffrey Lift from safetydifferently.com on the Jay Allen Show. Now, now at this time, are you out there looking for something because you notice that there's a gap? Is that what's going on? Is this is why you're searching? Well, I, I think I sensed there was something about the orthodox prevention or the orthodox uh, uh, industry and its approach to prevention that was lacking. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I knew in my gut or in my heart of hearts that that this wasn't what I got in it for. I didn't get in it uh, to have mountains of paperwork crossing my desk every week or every month. And, and it wasn't just about passing audits. I got real concerned that there was thousands of people out there on scaffolds and ladders and in fall protection and whatnot. And, and I, I was pushing a ton of paperwork and I was taught to believe that if I pushed this paperwork right, or it was the right kind of paperwork with the right kind of words on it, that I was having a, a positive contributory effect to all those people's individual safety, but I couldn't trace it. So, so uh, yeah, I had to go find something and I didn't know what that something was. Uh, I was happy to start with leadership development for front. I still am very passionate about leadership development for frontline leaders. Um, but I didn't have the underlying philosophy. I didn't have the underlying sort of perspective uh, or scope uh, that that gave a foundation for all this. So that's really what the website did for me. So then all of a sudden you start taking a dive into the website and you're hearing these concepts. There's, I'm assuming it's the first time that you heard it. All of a sudden, how does this trigger in your brain? What's going on? What is the thought process? I almost feel like it's a matrix moment going into the older <laughs> style movie of I, I've been searching for something. I've been looking for the question. It's the answer that drives me. But what, how, how did you feel? What did it make it? What did it make happen that all of a sudden you just take this deep dive into this? Well, I couldn't not dive. Um, you know, it, it, and I, I hear that to this day too, you know, and some, when we're out there doing a, like a general introduction, you know, presentation, something brief uh, to a safety audience or a business audience and the best feedback, I've said this before, but the best feedback I think I've, I receive or the feedback that I resonate with the most is when somebody comes and says, thank you, because I've had this feeling uh, that, that there could be more or that we're. We don't, we're not seeing the full picture or there's other factors at play. Um, and they come and say, thanks. You've, you've put words in a framework. You've introduced us to these words in a framework around what we were sensing, but couldn't put our finger on. And I think the reason that that's obviously what I went through to a T. So once I discovered this, any signs of this, and again, I, uh, it's blurry now. It was a whirlwind kind of moment, but it was rainbows and unicorns, man. It, I, uh, just discovered this and started drilling down. And then, you know, it just became um, sort of a, a self-taught exploration, lots of books, lots of just lots of everything. You know, once you once you get in this arena, there's just so much to learn and it's coming so quickly uh, from so many different angles. It's incredible. You can't you can't look away. You can't put it down. Uh, so it's been a wild ride. So when you all of a sudden do this change in 2012, 2013, because you've discovered this, how is it impacting your business at the time? All of a sudden, there's this change to your world. How do you bring it back and how does it start changing and influencing the things that you're doing? Wow. <laughs> it's early, man. <laughs> These are tough questions. Um, 
no, and, it, it, and I asked this because I have to tell you, I I had heard of you on the pre-accident investigation podcast, and I got to meet you a few months back in October. And you you sat there a few minutes ago, and you were talking about framework, and we were going through some courses they're putting on a, at the workshop, and you had a pretty big crew there with you. And after each after each course or after each class, you would sit there and ask questions and drive them to think about the things that were presented to them and kind of frame it in differently. And I'll tell you, I've been to several courses. I've never seen anybody do that. So I was so, I was like so intrigued by what you were doing that I would kind of like sit off into the room, even though I wasn't part of the group that you were with, just to listen to the questions that you were, that you were bringing up and making the people think. So that's why I'm trying to figure out what was your thought process at the time. And when you're going back into the organization and saying, okay, this is how I'm going to start evaluating and changing these things, especially I know that it's a, it's seven, you know, seven to eight years ago, but I'm still trying to figure out what was the, you know, the mindset at the time. Wow. Okay. Well, no, pressure, so, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know where you're going. I mean, it's been, it's been an evolution from, and there's, I mean, I could explain the evolution of the process over those years, but what you're talking about is something quite recent. Uh, and I want to thank you for, for speaking of it in those in that kind way, I remember when we recorded a cast uh, uh, with uh, Todd and Mark and Ivan, and uh, Todd's first comment was, "You brought a whole crew," and I said, "Yep." And he said, "I thought you were crazy," and I was like, <laughs> "Pardon me." Um, you know, it, it just felt like the right thing to do. You know, my experience over the years in well, this is how we'll tie the past to the present is that as soon as I learned this stuff or was learning this stuff, um, the, I had to start shouting it from the rooftops every chance I got. I had to, you know, my practice was still very conventional when I went out on my own, but we, I had to shuffle this ideology into it. I, I couldn't not. Um, and there's a phrase that comes to mind. Somebody once said, uh, I forget where I heard this, but somebody, the, the comment goes, are, are you trying to change the world? And the answer is, no, the world has changed me. I'm just trying to pay it forward. And that little phrase stuck with me a lot. Um, so as soon as I became aware of it, I just started sharing it and practicing it. It influenced my thinking. And it's that's that's really how the evolution went. But this what we did there with that client, we you know, I don't in my consultancy, when I work with clients, I, as I said, I feel like a kind of a generalist in this space and I don't hold any intellectual property or, or, or take credit for, for any particular aspect of this. What I like to be is a, is a bit of a tour guide or a bit of a, a coach or an assistant uh, to organizations going through this. I, I use the term Sherpa and somebody said, you don't want to call yourself a Sherpa. They carry everybody's crap. And I said, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, it still kind of fits, but anywho, um, why would I, why would I not expose my clients? This, this conference came up and I knew how impactful it would be. How could I not expose them to it? And then, and then I'm quite happy to, to based on that momentum, continue to guide them. And my other experience had been that when we sit and we do these workshops, people go through the day's content but we know it's, I'm a big fan of going for beers after things. You can cut that out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
that's really important time. That's like profoundly important time to, to, to talk and, and to debrief. It's not like Todd and, and gang run such a formal workshop that, that it's not conversive or that we can't dialogue through, but the dialogue, the conversations people have afterwards a little, a little bit more privately are really powerful. So it seemed like an obvious thing to do. Um, Todd was kind enough to say, keep the room, you know, keep the room afterwards and, and, and that. And so we did. And um, it's just a chance to unpack in a slightly more private way, uh, in a way that has a little more cultural context, because we're now talking about the day as it relates to the organization. And as I say, there's really nothing stopping anybody from from discussing their connection to the subject throughout the day. But when you've got 14 people from the same organization, uh, you can really get into it after the sessions. And and so that was the first time we'd done it, that one you're talking about. We've done it since. Um, Todd and I were doing some presentations up in up here in Vancouver with some clients. And uh, with one of them, we did not. But with the other other client, we did the same. We did a debrief after. And I found it, I think it was equally beneficial. Um, it, the mood or the energy changes, the dynamic changes when the when the presenters, when the speakers leave the room. And um, this was like, a, I mean, we still go for beer, but now there's a step between the workshop and beer, and that is the non-alcoholic debrief. Uh, and then we go have the beer debrief. This is The Jay Allen Show. Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin. I know lots of you get your information while you drive down the road or sit on planes or sit in meetings and look interested. And now you should know that three of my books are available for your listening pleasure on Audible. With the help of Jay Allen and Safety FM, we've produced three of the books, Workplace Fatalities, The Five Principles of Human Performance, and my very first book, Simple Revolutionary Acts, and they're available now where you get audiobooks. The more you listen, the more we get into your head. Safety FM. And we're back with Jeffrey Lith from safetydifferently.com on The Jay Allen Show. Well, in talking about the debrief and the beers, you also have recently, well, not recently, it's been a few months now, have come up with a book club. And it almost sounds like there's some foundational pieces here that tie into the book club, correct? Yeah, it's beer that ties it all together. <laughs> it's so. beer that ties it all together. So no. for some of the audience members that might not know about the book club, could you give an explanation on it? Well, this is, you're good at this, man. Um, um, jumping back, one of the early ways in, I guess, 2013, 2014 now, uh, was, uh, was to build, it was about building community. And it was about finding other like-minded people to talk about these things with. One of the sort of curses of discovering a movement like this that resonates so deeply is that for a grumpy old guy like me, it becomes really difficult to to sit in conventional meetings and conventional conferences and things like that about safety because you're hearing a lot of stuff that just, I mean, rolling your eyes is an understatement. It's it's like nails on a chalkboard to listen to some of that really backwards looking stuff. So I was left a little bit wanting from the local chapter meetings of our national safety club. Um, and I thought, you know, rather than pre-programmed speakers and topics, if a few of us got together, we could choose our own venue where we wanted to have a nice dinner. We could get a quiet table and we could, uh, 
uh, just angle the topic more towards exclusively towards these emerging ideas. So the obvious thing to do at the time, and again, I'm thinking it's 2013, maybe end of 2013, was to call it the Safety Differently Book Club. And um, I, no full disclosure, uh, as, an org, as a group, we have never uh, collectively sat down and read the same book at the same time. So we're not that kind of book club. In fact, I stole, borrowed a phrase from a running, a, a, a very old school running club called the Hash House Harriers. And they have a slogan that says uh, that they're a, a drinking club with a running problem. <laughs> so I, I borrowed that immediately and we started referring to us as a, as a drinking club with a safety problem. Um, and that's how we went. And I also stole the line. I think there's a human factors conference that, uh, believe that uses the line to says we have long conversations interrupted by short presentations. And I right. thought well, that's a great way to flip the switch on, on what, uh, really dialogic, uh, generative transformative discussions could be. So that's what, that's what we did. It's, it's been very informal. We meet occasionally. It really depends on, um, you know, everybody's schedule and frankly how busy I am and the ability to pull it all together. There's been periods of time we've met more frequently. Um, we've been, there's almost, there has there ever not been beer? See, that's the consistent thing. There's never not been beer, but there's been times, for instance, we've started with a paper or an article as, as the, uh, sort of as the, the, the topic or the, the beginning of the t- discussion for that day. So now currently, so currently, is there anything like there's a tread of that information online on the website saying, okay, this is the book that we're focusing on and this is the no. white paper that we're focusing on. If there's anybody no, else that might be interested. No, it's just part of the invite. And, uh, there's these meetings aren't recorded. Uh, you can imagine why. Right. Um, <laughs> no, there's no record of it online. It's it's just a safe space, as we call it. But uh, no, there's no real record of it. We set up a meeting and we'll um, have an idea in mind. Um, you know, one of our like our first annual safety differently pub night, and I'm. Uh, it took a few years to get that going. So this will be our third year. April 2020 will be our third year having our annual pub night. And we get a sponsor or two for that. We take over the basement of a, of a pub. It coincides with a conference here in Vancouver. Um, but we had, the, I think the first one was unfortunately uh, soon after the passing of Jens Rasmussen. So, you know, we kind of used that as the anchor, as a, as a, tribute to the work of Jens Rasmussen and a lot of people discovered his work through that. So that was great. Um, we've had Todd send in video clips. Um, Sydney Decker has sent in audio clips, uh, for us to, for us to talk about. So it's, it's been a little, it's been organic. Uh, but I think now the movement has come so far. I'm very proud to say that I've I've passed the reins of the Vancouver Book Club to a local associate, Darshan Gill. That we've got Karina Abe in Toronto who who wants to uh, convene a group in Toronto. Um, we have Matt and Lindy from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Matt Gonzalez. Um, and they want to get together a group down there. And we've got Mike Moreno down in the Permian Basin and. Um, 
Midland, Texas, who who wants to put a group together. Okay. So I want so it's expanding for sure. It's expanding then. Well, all it takes is somebody in a town who is interested in this movement, who would like to have a few people to to just get together and, and chat about this with. Um, and if you can invite a few people to a pub for beer, you can host a book club meeting. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, it's been great to get people together and, and build community, build local community. And the fact now that we have a platform to tie it all to facilitate that and to, and to tie these different groups together, um, is really exciting. That's, that's probably the, one of the most exciting aspects of what we can use this platform for in 2020 is, is, uh, I hope to see somebody put their hand up uh, in, in, in a bunch of different cities and say, you know, let's do this. Let, you know, give it a, give it a go. Give it a try. So that's the call to action then. That is the call to action. So having people in these different cities are coming out and actually doing this. Right. Right. So Jeff, if people want to find out more information about you, where can they go to get some more information about you and the website? Well, uh, I've got a lot of sassy answers to that, but uh, I'll keep it. Uh, that's not, that's not. You don't it. have to keep it PG. I, I know how to hit the sensor button. <laughs> oh, cool. That's good. Cause Todd, uh, Todd's recording from the first moment and he, and he doesn't edit very much. Um, and actually before I want to get on your other one, what is, you have the rated R, uh, oh, the rated R safety show. Let's do one of those. <laughs> okay. We might have to actually let's still aim for an only an R rating if we do one of those together. Um, uh, I'm you can reach me at Jeff at safetydifferently.com is probably the best way. Easy to remember. And, uh, I am open, you know, anybody who has any questions, comments, ideas, concerns, I just feel like I'm the caretaker of this domain for a period of time. And my goal is to help as many people to, to build community, to, to, to advance the consideration and application of these concepts as far and wide as I can. And so with that in mind, I am open to, uh, I'm sensitive, so be kind, be gentle, <laughs> but uh, I'm open. If anybody has any ideas, if anybody thinks anything should or should not be there, let me know. I'm happy to be of service. Well, Jeff, I really do appreciate you taking the time today to come on. Thank you, Jay. It's, uh, it's been awesome being here. This brings another episode of The Jay Allen Show to an end. But we'll be back before you know it. Thanks for listening, and goodbye for now. Want more of The Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. Wondering how you can show your love? Head over now to Facebook and drop a like. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. The Jeep Celebration event is here, which means great deals on the SUVs built to stand the test of time are waiting. Hurry in before time runs out. 
FCA vehicle owners financing at $4,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo models as of 3-3-2020 in dealer stock. Current vehicle must be registered for 30 days. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 3-31-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.